Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Hey, well, we're going to make our attempt, as we do each week, to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ and apply it to every particular area of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I can't think, Pastor Andrew, of an area more important than hearing the voice of God and knowing how, in the midst of the craziness of life, with all the static, like we talked about last week, all the static in life, how do we tune in to the frequency of heaven and get God's mind and get God's heart, um, you know, as we as we try to successfully navigate through life and fulfill the call that God has on our lives. Well, I want to just emphasize, I mean, that's a great point you just made, because listening to the voice of God is a spiritual discipline, you know, it's that tuning in. Often we dismiss it, either we say it's too hard, it's too difficult, I'm never going to try, or you think every noise you hear is the voice of God, you end up following every little bunny trail and your life is in ruin, you're just like, okay, I guess that doesn't that didn't work. Instead of, but what we're, what we're going after here is really tuning in, learning the yeah. discipline of how to listen to God's voice. And I have a kind of a funny and sad example at the same time because I just got my ears tested at the doctor's office, <laughs> and, and I'm finding, and so if you guys are listening to me, you go, hey, Pastor Ron, you know, didn't respond to me. Here's the deal. When I'm in like a busy foyer or I'm driving in a van full of people mm-hmm. down the highway, if there's static, if there's highway noise, if there's background noise, white noise, as they call it, I hear you talking, but I can't discern what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when I find like if I'm sitting here with you and it's quiet and we're in this studio, I have no problem hearing you yeah. and discerning, but you put the static of life around me, and 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 I I'm not hearing really well. So if you're yelling, at Pastor Ron, hey hey hey, he's ignoring you. It's because he can't hear you. Don't be don't be offended. Just get me in a quiet place where I can. You gotta uh, go tap him the shoulder. Yeah, take your mask it. off so I can you know look at your mouth talking to me yeah, too. Read your li- you know it's interesting because I. I always had bad hearing growing up. Even in, in school, in lectures, teacher yeah. would be lecturing, and I would be like looking at other people's notes because I can't hear. I need to look at their lips. And I mean, I just always yeah. had bad hearing. So. so so how about this, you know? Yeah. To hear the voice of the Lord, you need to be in a place of uh, quietness. Yeah. You need to be able to focus. Uh, you need to be face-to-face. Yeah. There needs to be intimacy so that you can, figuratively speaking, read his lips, that, that closeness. Uh, and then uh, you need obviously be in the Word of God to to uh, discern the will of God. So yeah. these are all important principles. In fact, that's probably a good transition point for us today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both your pastors are dead. That's <laughs> yeah. the transition point. <laughs> <laughs> a good transition. Pray for us. <laughs> no, but we're talking about uh, uh, this beautiful marriage, and uh, and and how do we discern the voice of God? Well, this marriage between the two primary means uh, of hearing God's voice accurately, Mm. and that is the written Word of God combined with the Holy Spirit of God. And those two things coming together are are never, ever to be divorced. And and I want to share with people, especially folks that are nervous about the Holy Spirit, um, and there are a lot of people, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. Um, and yet he is the most neglected uh, of, of the Trinity in all of our churches. We talk about the Holy Spirit every now and then, but we certainly don't want to to uh, let him loose or, or, uh, or honor him in the way that he should be honored. We're okay with God and we're okay with Jesus, but man, we get to the Holy Spirit and everybody starts freaking out, yeah. especially as it relates to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
But I tried to point out Sunday, you know, when you are in cultures, church, and I've seen these cultures, that honor the Bible, as we should, but honor the Bible to the exclusion of the Holy Spirit, you you create kind of this Bible answer man, you know, Pharisee smarty pants culture where mm-hmm. we actually base our our maturity on our knowledge of the Bible. So the more knowledge we have, the smarter we are, the more intellectually astute we are, the more doctrinal precision we have, the more spiritually mature we are. And what I tried to point out Sunday is that that's not really the case. The Pharisees are a perfect example of people who knew the scriptures, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, they they memorized it. They were the Bible answer people of their day. Yeah. And yet they were nasty on the inside. Jesus says you're you're full of uh, you know dead bones. You're like whitewashed sepulchers. I mean Jesus Jesus reserved some of his strongest language for the most religious, well-educated people of his day. And obviously, we're not condemning being smart or well-educated or having good Bible training. But I shared it Sunday. You know, I've seen people that can argue doctrine till they're blue in the face and, and attack you with their doctrine. And yet at the same time, they have a porn problem that's been a stronghold in their lives for years. So... What is all of that and before the Lord if you're, you know, so so uh, it, theologically astute, but you can't live out what you profess? Yeah. And then we've also seen people that are all into the Holy Spirit, right? And they're uh, they're all into the the kind of a shallow emotionalism, but but they're not rooted and they're not grounded, and they're very they, they fluctuate. They they're like you know blowing in the wind. Yeah. Because they, they they have an emotional, experiential relationship with Jesus, but it's not rooted or grounded in anything. And I found these people, women, they're saying how much they love Jesus, and then the next day something happens, and then the, you know I, I joked around that they're not even sure if there's a God. <laughs> that kind of instability is is not spiritual maturity either. The Bible says Jesus is looking for a special kind of worshiper, one who worships in spirit and in truth. Yeah one who honors the Word of God, the written Word of God, the truth, but also one who is full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, and that's really what we're after. That's, that, that, that's the balance. That's the wedding, the marriage that should never be separated. Yeah, and, and for some reason, <laughs> that balance, that context is so difficult for us at the church. <laughs> that tension point oh, is yeah, so yeah. difficult for us Absolutely. in the church in America. Absolutely. You know? And, you know, I, I gave an example. I, uh, it's, it's not my quote, but it's a good quote. It says that the word without the spirit makes us dry up. The, the spirit without the word makes us blow up. But the spirit and the word together make us grow up. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want to talk about today is you're, you're only going to achieve full maturity to the degree that the word of God and the spirit of God are moving together powerfully uh, in harmony. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the Word of God, because um, we want to make sure that if you're listening to this, what you're not hearing is that we don't love and value the Word of God. That couldn't be farther from the truth. We love the Scriptures. That is the most accurate uh, authority uh, on God's voice for our lives. If you want to know the voice of God, read the Word of God. Uh, It is the highest form of authority. And the first point that we made Sunday, it's the chief supreme ultimate authority. Yeah, and the way I think about the Word of God in terms of hearing the voice of God, or even just my faith, it's, it's the foundation. 
That foundation is not pretty. No one goes, you know, travel to Europe to look at the foundation. They they want to look at the architecture on top. But the foundation is the foundation. Yeah. It's the source. It's it's the, it's the stability. It, it form, it's the it's the uh, basis for everything. So the scripture has to be the foundation point, you know. But that in itself is not it. And I think a lot of times people think that there's a contention between the spirit and the word. But you made a great point here that who wrote the scripture Absolutely. is God breathed, right? Absolutely. And that breathe is is talking about the spirit. That's right. So there's no there's no yeah. battling. There's no contradiction. There's not this tension point and to the Trinity. There's no tension point between right. the word and right. the spirit. They're not competing for no for, denominations, for mind, but the like whole that. the Trinity is not battling that. And so so the word is a, a natural piece of hearing the voice of yeah. God, but the foundation a crucial piece. Yeah. And we establish, you know, the 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 purpose of the scriptures is to give us the knowledge that we need for salvation. And they give us all that we need for life and godliness. So when it comes to knowing Christ and having the power and the truth that we need to, to be transformed into Christ's likeness so that we live a life that pleases the Lord. You know, this is all, again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It talks about the purpose of the scriptures. And so... Um, we need to understand, you know, if you want to know Christ, you got to come to the Bible. You, if you want to know salvation, that's what the Scripture's yeah. for. If you want to know why Jesus died and how, how to become a Christian, that's what the Scriptures teach us. You want to, want to know what godliness looks like and how to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Go to the Scriptures. That's how you hear the voice of God. Yeah. But the, the second part, or the third point we brought up, is that anyone who wants to hear the voice of God on a regular basis has got to be intimately acquainted with the Word of God. Yeah, and I love, I love the point that, that you made last podcast. The Lord spoke to you about giving a, a gift, a financial gift to somebody. Now, again, that was a special person right now who's never existed on planet Earth, so we can't go to the Bible and find their name. Right. You know, that was the point. Right. But the principles for everything that you were doing were found in Scripture. And then, in fact, when you, when you hesitated, it was the Holy Spirit who went back to the Word of God and reminded you of the principles of God. That's such a perfect example. The, there's so many times in life when we need specific instruction, right? And we've talked about this. When the Lord will bring to our remembrance a Scripture in principle, that speaks to the situation. Mm, yeah. But if the word is not first planted in our hearts, the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. Yeah. And so I just want any of our listeners today to hear, you know, get into the word, have a regular time in God's word, have a systematic approach to reading God's word, um, love the word of God, treasure the written word of God. But don't try to do all of that apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you know, don't approach the Bibles like a Pharisee. The Pharisees looked down on everybody. They were full of religious pride. They did all the scripture memorization. They knew the Bible better than anybody in their day. And Jesus, again, rebuked them over and over again because that's not the approach uh, that he gives us to learning his voice and to moving and following him, uh, you cannot do that apart from the Holy Spirit. And so I want to spend the bulk of our time today really talking about the neglected person of the Trinity and the, and the greatly neglected uh, means by which we learn to hear God's voice, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just got a couple points before we move on yeah. to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, on the Life Group lesson I wrote, we need to 
you know, systematically, we need to internalize the Word of God. I mean, that means we got to read it regularly, but yep. we need to study it. And that's something that a lot of times people neglect, the yep. studying. Meditate. I grew up on studying. you got to memorize because yep. we talk about internalizing. You know, the reason why the, the, the Holy Spirit can draw up those verses is because it's been internalized. And then that meditating. Word, yeah. That word have I hid in my heart. The psalmist said that I might not sin against thee. Yeah. You know, if we don't internalize the word, hide it in our hearts. Yeah. We're not going to have the strength to resist the temptations to sin. Absolutely, so. and those are disciplines. You know, right now in our children's ministry, they they're supposed to memorize. You know, my son Yemaya, You know, I work with him on a weekly basis to memorize the Bible verse. I have to act out the Bible verse to help him memorize. He's learning Psalm twenty three. You know, Lord is my shepherd. You know, well, he doesn't truly understand all the nuances, but I understand the value of him internalizing those in him because in due time. The Holy Spirit will, will activate the reserve in his heart. So you're taking him through Psalm 23. Well, children's ministry is taking him through. I'm just helping that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, that, so again, that's, yeah. the, that's the curriculum. That's, yeah. that's the I appreciate them the for framework. doing that. Yeah. But you're you're helping him get that in his little heart Yeah. because someday he's going to be confronted with, with temptations that will tell him that God isn't a shepherd, that yep. God's not his provider, all those things. So yeah. so good, you're laying a foundation. I, I'm literally, the Word of God is the foundation. My kids are six, five, uh, seven, five, and three. This is the time to lay the foundation. Yeah. So I love the Word of God. I value the Word of God. I'm incorporating to my kids. When their knowledge or their understanding is not quite that level, I'm going to put in the Word of God into them while they're young. But, but I remember... Um, Few uh, a couple years ago at the NRP National Conference, when um, we had a, a, a very prophetic guy come and speak, uh, yeah. Ivan Tate, I believe yeah. that's his name, yeah. and he spoke some powerful words over our Livingstone's church, which came to fruition and more. He spoke powerful words over you, over my wife and I, and I remember distinctly when he spoke prophetic words over people. He used the word of God right. over. I mean, the, the it not, was the Holy Spirit yeah. quickening the scriptures to speak over an individual's yes. life. Yeah, and and. His knowledge, I have not seen. I probably I have not seen many people with that com the command of the the word of God like he is. I mean, talk about the merging the word and the spirit. Yeah. I mean, he's speaking prophetically, but he is using the word of God over and over yeah. and over again. And, and when the spirit combines with the word to speak to you personally yeah. about what's going on in your life, there is an explosion that happens that is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, number one, it's the truth because it's the Word of God, but number two, it's the intimacy of God that He knows you. Yeah. And He's speaking good. personally to you. Right. And He's applying that verse that is in general for all believers. Right. He's, but He's applying it to you right at that moment. And, and that's the power of the Word combined with the Holy Spirit. Right. So I'm always saying is, this we are by no means belittling the word of God. We're yeah. saying this is the foundation. In fact, I'm incorporating that into my kids' lives now because I realize how yeah. important that is uh, as they continue to develop yeah. and grow. But but here but this is what we're saying. You should not have a fear. And a lot of people have this fear when we talk about the Holy Spirit or we talk about listening to the voice. Oh well, I could be deceived. Um, listen, the Holy Spirit, as we pointed out with three different A's. All right, the Holy Spirit is first of all the author of the Bible. He inspired the scriptures. He's the one that gives us the Bible. He's the one that inspired the human hands and the pens that wrote the Bible. So he is the, he is the inspiration behind the word of yeah. God. And here's the simple principle. So he will never contradict the written word because he's the author. Uh, and so as long as you went the, when you're hearing the Spirit, you'll know it's the Holy Spirit 
when it bears witness to the scriptures. And I just want to make it clear, the Holy Spirit will never ask you to do anything that is contrary to the principles of, of the scriptures, which he inspired. Right. And, and that's another reason why the foundation of scripture is so important to have, so that when you hear a certain voice to do something, you're like, uh, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit, because that doesn't glorify Jesus, and that does not honor the word of God. I mean, you know, for I'm a pretty conservative person, so for me, uh, you know, I grew up, again, on the foundation of the Word. And yeah. one of the reasons that I feel the freedom and, and the, the hunger and desire to hear from the word, from, from the Holy Spirit is because the Word of God has been forged in my heart. Again, that that is the safeguard, I think. That's a safeguard to say, okay, that's the Lord, and that's not the Lord. You Amen. Know? Well, we brought up a great verse, yeah. uh, John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to show us the way. Mm -hmm. And then in the next verse, this is Jesus, of course, speaking. He, the Holy Spirit, is going to bring Jesus glory. So, you know, people have said, you know, well, our, our churches should, should be Jesus-centered, not Holy Spirit-centered. Uh, to which I would say, where does that reasoning come from? Because they're concerned somehow if we, if we focus on the Spirit, Jesus is going to be minimized. Mm -hmm. But Jesus made it very clear the Holy Spirit has an important function. His role is to magnify Jesus, to glorify Jesus. So the question becomes, how can you focus too much on the Holy Spirit yeah. if you want to be a Christ-centered church? Absolutely. Because that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, we could be, and sometimes maybe people mean, well, you're focusing too much on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or you're focus and, and I would say, Amen. We don't. We're not focusing on. We don't want to be a gift-centered church, but you cannot. You cannot focus too much on the Holy Spirit. He is God, and he he says, I if I'm going, I'm here to lead you into all truth, and I'm here to show you and to teach you who Jesus is and to magnify Jesus. So just like. Just like Jesus, you know, the disciples said, Jesus, tell us what the Father's like. Show us the mm -hmm. Father. And what did Jesus say? If you want to see the Father, look at me. I am the exact representation of the Father in bodily form. If you want to know the Father's heart, get to know me. If you want to know the Father's mind, get to know me. If you want to know the Father's mission, right, get to know me. Well, the Holy Spirit says the same thing about Jesus. It, like you said, they're not in competition. They all have their unique role and function, yeah. and uh, and so we cannot, I want to emphasize this, you cannot love the Holy Spirit too much. You cannot yearn for his leadership too much. You cannot honor him too much. You cannot worship him too much because he's God, and, it, and to the degree that you submit and know the Holy Spirit, your intimacy with Jesus is going to go off the charts. Yeah, that's good. And I heard this teaching once that was always very helpful for me, you know, um, you know, Acts 2 talks about in the Holy Spirit come and make you my witnesses. And I, I my understanding is that word witness is another it's, it's based on the Greek word for martyr. Yeah. Um so there's a death involved. In other words, the the purpose of the Holy Spirit for us to become witnesses, we need to die to ourselves. Maybe not physically die, but there's a death yeah. for us so that Jesus can be real. And so it's what John says, I must decrease, he must increase. So the purpose, another way to kind of discern the voice of the Holy Spirit is what he's leading, to, leading for you to do. Is it to, to decrease yourself and elevate Jesus or not? If it's to elevate yourself, then you'd be like, is that really the Holy Spirit? But if it's elevate Jesus and that you may decrease, I don't know about you, but when I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's always leading me to the place of brokenness. I mean, yeah. I can't get out of that topic, right? And it's, he's, always, he's always pushing your, your button. He's, he's always, always yep. the Holy Spirit's job is not to, to, to keep you in the status quo. He's yeah. usually pushing you out of the nest, right? Yeah. I mean, 
doing something that you're like seriously. Yeah. Now, they're, now they're, he's the comforter. He's the counselor. He's going to be there. Yeah. But but you know, a good coach is there to help you and encourage you, but it's also to challenge you. And he's always leading me to 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 glorify Jesus more. You know, and so so it, it is. He's really like the coach who loves you, who cares about you, but knows that there's a we got to win too. So yep. you're not going to keep you in comfort. That's that's what the Holy Spirit's been for me. I've know, heard a, me. a good definition of a coach is somebody who will challenge you to do all the things you would never do by yourself to become the person and to accomplish the goals yeah. that you would never be able to also accomplish by yourself. So so he's the one that's going to push you and bring out the best in you. Yeah. And obviously the best in you is, is Jesus. It's, it's Jesus. And that's yeah. another dimension is, is we are jars of clay. Yeah. Only in our brokenness when the treasure that's within yeah. gets revealed and the treasure is Jesus. That's good. So that's another way to describe what Holy Spirit does. It just helps us realize we're really just jars. Amen. You know, we need to be opened so, up. So, so Jesus is, is the first point. Jesus is the author. There should never be any conflict between the Holy Spirit and the book the Bible, because he is the inspiration uh, behind the scriptures, okay? Second point, though, and let's talk about this. We said that the Holy Spirit is also our advocate. Mm. What a great word. That's that's the word in the Greek. It's paraclete. It means, it means the person who comes alongside of you, uh, who is the expert witness. It's where, it's where we get our, our word for attorney, for advocate, in a court of law, you know, if I'm your advocate, I'm going to be pulling you close to me and, and whispering in your ear and giving you counsel mm -hmm. to what to say before the judge. Or I'm going to go up on your behalf, right? And I'm going to say, uh, objection, your honor, you know? And yep. of course, I'm I'm objecting to the devil's accusations against you, his attacks on you, the lies that he speaks over you. Um, that's what that's what the Holy Spirit is. He He's our advocate. He's our attorney. He's our counselor, as you said. He's our helper. Uh, he's our comforter. Uh, he wears so many hats. Uh, and I say he because he's not an it. He's not like the furniture. He's not like the Ark of the Covenant. He is a person uh, that we are to have an, a relationship with. Uh, and it says in this text, and let's talk about this, when the Father sends the advocate, this is Jesus speaking, He's sending him as my representative. That was a powerful point that yes. we talked about. Let's let's camp there for a little bit. The yeah. representative. Yeah, the representative of Jesus Christ. If you're looking for, um, you know, you, you if you if you're looking for someone who's might be far away or all the way in Washington D.C., you're looking for a representative, right? Yeah, our state representative. State representative. They, they yeah. represent us in D.C. Right. Uh, our congressional representative yeah. or our state Stay representative out, right. in Indianapolis, but they represent me. They're my voice. Yeah. So this is pretty radical because, of course, Jesus uh, uh, is at the Father's right hand. Yeah. And, uh, and so who is his official representative on planet Earth? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, again, we, if we ignore the Holy Spirit, we're cutting ourselves off from Jesus' representation on planet Earth. Yeah. And, and, that, and that would be a terrible thing for us to do. So when you try to think about uh, the Holy Spirit's role to perfectly, you know, if we break down that word representative, a person who represents, he is representing the heart of Jesus, the mind of Jesus, the will of Jesus, yeah. the power of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And to neglect him in our, in, in our uh, life, to simply relate to the book, the Bible, the written word, apart from the Holy Spirit's presence to awaken the Word and to be that advocate for us now is a serious loss for the church. Absolutely. And I, I like what you mentioned earlier. You talk about the Holy Spirit is our advocate, it's our helper, it's our coach, it's our counselor. I mean, I want to ask you guys today out there, 
do you need a helper today? Do you need an advocate today? Do you need someone to represent you today? To truly represent you, maybe your state representative or your congressional representative is not representing you in D.C. or in state house. Do you need a representative? Do you need an advocate? Do you need a counselor to help you make difficult decisions today? Yeah, we talked about being an encourager. Do you need, a coach? Being, do you need an encourager? You need encouragement today. Oh man, every time you make a mistake, he's like, "It's all right, it's all right. Come on, you can do it. You get back up. You, you got this." You know. Um, do we need that today? Absolutely. I need all those things. <laughs> help all help, the help. time. Just. And now over my kids, I need all those lined up and be like, you're not terrible dad, you're not terrible dad. I'm like, okay, just come on, keep, keep speaking that over me. And be, the Lord, Jesus Christ, knows we need all those things. And that's, what, that's the role and of And I talked Spirit. about, yeah, think about this. If you've ever needed an attorney, many times the first thing in people's minds is, can I afford one? Yeah. Um, oh, man, can I afford one? Uh, I need a helper. Uh, to help me out with this project at home. But how, how much is that going to cost to get this job done? Okay, I need a counselor. I, I need, I'm in a mess right now. I, I'm in an emotional, broken mess. I, I need help. I need a counselor. Okay, how much is that going to cost? I need a, an encourager. I need someone just to follow me around and say, great yeah. job, Pastor Ron. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have yeah. it, my own coach, my own personal mentor, coach, encourager? If you put a dollar sign on all of those functions, uh, it would be more than the average person could afford. But isn't it great that the Holy Spirit wears all those hats? And, and as I pointed out uh, a couple Sundays ago, um, and we should never take this for granted, the value of all these roles in our life uh, is not cheap. The price has been paid by Jesus Christ on the cross through his shed blood as he is resurrected and as he ascends 40 days later and as he's seated at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit is released to live not with us, but in us, and to perform all of these roles. So my point, point is this, you know, don't take this lightly, and don't ignore this amazing representative, this amazing advocate, um, because we can ignore him. We can, we can try to live our lives like the Pharisees and pretend like uh, Jesus is not Lord, pretend like the scriptures uh, uh, don't apply to us or that the Holy Spirit has not been sent, and, and we can try to just be nice little religious people, uh, and you'll completely miss Jesus just like the Pharisees did because you're absolutely ignoring his representative, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Can you imagine someone who says, hey, you know, for your birthday present, I've hired um, the same trainer that trained Michael Jordan. I've got a guy's name. Um, whatever. Yeah. You know, world-class I hired him for a year to train you. So that could be a special. I might not be able to dunk like Michael Jordan, <laughs> but he's going to train me yeah. uh, to be the, the world top class. Of my game. Top of, I pay for him to train you, to encourage you, uh, to cook the right food for you, Come to on. whatever. Come on. Uh, to, but you're just like, ah, but does that mean I'm going to be uncomfortable then? Does that mean he's going <laughs> to challenge me? Well, a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. you know, he's training world class people. Yeah, and then thanks for no thanks. Are you kidding me? Like, that's. That's, but that's the way we act sometimes. That's what we act sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so the Holy Spirit's an author. You can trust him. He'll lead you into truth. The Holy Spirit's Jesus' representative. He's going to help inflame your fiery passion for Jesus, cause you to love Jesus more, cause you to know the mind and heart of Jesus, cause you to be empowered with the strength of Jesus, to do the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. And then the third thing we said, and this is good, and this is crazy good, the Holy Spirit gives us the advantage. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You know, that, that, that is an absolute amazing truth that I don't, I don't think, I speak for myself, I don't think I've 
personally meditated on that and appreciated that truth. As well, much I want to have a disclaimer. All the principles we talk about here, this is something in my own life that's completely undeveloped. But I have a hunger and yes. a long. Even the series has stirred up great hunger and longing for it. But you talk about the advantage, you know. That's how you win in life. That's yeah. that's how you win. I mean, is there a desire in you? And, and I'm not talking about carnal wins so I can rub in people's faces. I'm talking about winning to, to, to bring revival, to bring to help help people's lives be restored, to change yeah. our culture, our nation, to end corruption and all the stuff that's going on in our nation, you know, so our kids can be successful and they can go and be be ambassador for I mean I'm talking about really winning in life in, in, in terms of heaven. Yeah. Do we want that? Do we yeah. want to win? I have. I want to win. Absolutely. And you're not going to win without the advantage. And Jesus. And again, we're quoting Jesus's words here, John chapter 16. He said, "The Holy." Uh, nevertheless, he said, "I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage mm -hmm. that I go away." And you know, we highlighted Sunday. You know, everybody has this discussion at some point. You know, wouldn't it have been cool to be living when Jesus was alive? Wouldn't it have been cool to be on planet Earth and be one of the disciples, one of the guys following Jesus around? seeing everything Jesus did. And yet Jesus clearly told the disciples right before he is getting ready to go to the cross, he said, this is what's going to happen. They're going to turn me over. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be beaten. Uh, I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And then I'm out of here. 40 days later, I'm going to ascend to the Father's right hand. But this was radical. It is to your advantage. Sometimes we glory in the past but the truth is we're living in the greatest moment in history yeah. because Jesus' representative, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, has been sent to live inside of me and to, to be that still small voice. Jesus is, you know, two different times in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Jesus. Mm. So, you know... That voice that you're hearing, that still small voice, is the voice of the one who is the representation for Jesus on planet Earth. And Jesus said, this is to your advantage. Yeah. So this is the greatest time in all of, all of history yeah, that's to be alive. Yeah, you know, I think about when I hear the advantage, I think about, you know, I, I read some podcast or book or whatever that says the difference between like top-tier athletes and championship athletes is actually very, very minute. You know, the, the, the actual distance is very small. Now, sure. the rewards are completely different. Difference I mean, between think, winning think of a 100-yard dash. Exactly. It's a fraction, fraction. of a second. Yeah. And yet that fraction of a second between a gold medal and, and runner-up, nobody remembers who got the silver medal. Exactly. You know, even in sports games, and many times... Game seven or the Super Bowl, I know not this past yeah. one, but other ones went to the wires. Like one move, one fumble, one miscatch. So any little advantage, seemingly little advantage, actually will, is the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the advantage. Now, a lot of times we see this in just like church terms because we're, you know, we're working right. in ministry and so forth. But I think the advantage in here obviously includes the church, but it's so much more. It's in our everyday life. It's in how you educate your kids, how you, your kids are throwing a fit. And you listen to the Holy Spirit to say, "Hey, is this a time to discipline, or this is time? Is this a time to really listen to their Good. heart?" So, so even right there, yeah. okay, we could pull. You know, you're trying to raise your children. As we said, every one of them is a masterpiece. Yeah. No, no two men children are alike, right? Completely different. So you got your book on the shelf, yeah, how to raise book, yeah. how to how to raise godly kids, five steps, <laughs> yeah. right? 
You can pull your book off and you can go, okay, five steps. They have the this, principles to help you keep general by Yeah. Right. But but what you're doing is you're taking a cookie cutter template yeah. and you're trying to stick it on top of each of your kids. And as we've all found out, that doesn't work. So learn the principles. But what you're really saying, and now let's transfer that to the written word. Yeah. So does the Bible talk about uh, principles for raising kids? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. But here's what you're saying. Holy Spirit, how do I react in this particular situation with my daughter dealing with what she's facing and dealing with, with this disobedience or this attitude or this emotional response? What should I do? Yeah. Now, he may pull off that principle from that book right. on your shelf on parenting, right. and he may remind you of something you just read in your devotions. Or he might say, hey, you know what you need to do? Take your daughter out. She, she's really longing for some more time with daddy. Yeah. Stay, 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 take, yeah. take her out for some ice cream yeah. and just let her know how much you love her. Or right. you know what? Go up in her bedroom and give her a hug and let her sit on your lap and read her a, a bedtime story, yeah. depending on the age of your child. But, but the point is, he is the advocate. He's the expert who's close to the situation. Yeah. So he's going to give you the truth that you need to parent your yeah. child in the way that that, with what that child needs. There's been times that I just go up to my kids and, and what they needed most from me was a hug. Yeah. And I just, I embraced them and I just said, I love you. Sometimes I didn't even say I love you. It was my embrace that was enough. Yeah. Sometimes they needed a paddle on their bottom yeah. uh, because they were being disobedient yeah. and uh, they needed to learn to listen. Yeah. Um, but the point is we have an advocate. We have a helper. He's the, he is the smartest on everything. I know men that have said, Lord, I don't know what to do how to fix this, this engine. And all of a sudden, boom, a principle, a part, a picture, or something will pop into their mind, and instantly they know, oh, I, have, I didn't think to check that. They check that, they fix it. Yeah. You mean the Holy Spirit will help you with practical things like that? Yes. Yes, he gives you the advantage to life. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to a conference. I heard this, you know, this business, this home builder, um, who's actually coming to share um, in a few months, months, whatever. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, he shared a story of the, they were looking to this is decades ago. They're looking to buy a bunch of land to build homes, and whatever land they were looking to bid was too expensive. They got outbid or whatever, and he was driving home and just kind of bummed out. And while he's driving beside this piece of land, he felt the Holy Spirit says, "I didn't want to give you that piece. I want to give you this piece." As he's driving by, pulled over. I don't know the exact story, but he called his dad, who was his partner. Yeah. His dad made a phone call, ended up purchasing that piece of land, you know, and made a huge amount of profit. And I mean, those type of stories over and over again. So this yeah. is as so, practical. So as what, yeah. what land do I buy? Yeah, exactly. Again, I mean, you don't have you don't have a book in the Bible called yeah. How to Buy Land. Here's the biblical principle: Where to buy it? Where to buy <laughs> yeah, Specifically. So yeah. again, we're not minimizing the scriptures; they are foundational. But what we're saying is. You have the scriptures and you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, I look back at Living Stones, and some of you may or may not know the story, but it was the elders of the church years ago that got together after we had rented, you know, building after building uh, and moved from place to place. They really felt like it was time to buy land and to put up a physical structure, you know, like this is our home. Well, where? What city? What town? Yeah. What state? What property? Right. But they prayed, and what they felt like the Lord said was in Crown Point. So my dad is driving by and comes up to the corner of Pratt and Summit, where the church is currently at. And my dad's praying and saying, I think the meeting was, you know, shortly 
before he, he's the, that next morning when he's out driving. But he comes up to the corner of Pratt and Summit, and there's a man standing on the corner. Mm-hmm. So my dad lowers the win, uh, window, uh, and he leans out, and he says, uh, Hey, sir, uh, you don't happen to know who owns this property, do you? And the guy said, Well, as a matter of fact, I do. And my dad said, Well, you wouldn't happen to be interested in selling this property, would you? And he says, as a matter of fact, I would. And the next thing we know, we're buying about a 20-acre parcel of land here. But it happened as a result of the leaders gathering together, praying, seeking the Lord, getting a word from the Lord about the town, and then my dad simply listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, all of that gives us an advantage because yep. the rest is history. This has been our property now f- uh, for over 30 years. We've seen great blessing here. God's continued to expand yep. uh, the ministry and the building. But all of that came from listening to the Holy Spirit. And obviously, the Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict the Bible because he's the author of the Bible. So he will always speak in harmony with the mission of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the purposes of Jesus. Why do we need the land in the first place? Because we're following Jesus and we're right. wanting to be the church of Jesus Christ. Right. We're wanting to minister to people. So what an incredible opportunity. But, but, but the, the marriage has to stay you know, together. Yeah. And that's the marriage between the Word of God and between the Spirit of God. And even as you approach the Bible, the psalmist cried out in Psalm 119, he said, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see uh, and understand the amazing uh, treasure that's hidden in your word. So I'm telling you, reading the Bible is great. It's foundational. But reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I'll share one other example. There was a time I was trying to have a quiet time, and my kids were disobedient, and I was angry. And I went upstairs and I yelled at my kids and I put them to bed and I came back down and I opened up the Bible to go back to my quiet time and I distinctly heard the Holy Spirit say, that's not how I would act. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have lost my temper. That's, you're not, in other words, Jesus was speaking to me through the Holy Spirit saying, that's, that's not how I want you to be modeling me for your kids. And I was like, Lord, I'm trying to have a quiet time. <laughs> And, and he said basically what the Holy Spirit was saying, go back upstairs and repent mm. and tell your children, please forgive me because you're rep- Jesus, basically, you're representing me. Yeah, that's good. And that's not how I would have handled that situation. <laughs> or how many times men, men are like, I'm trying to be the man of the house, and they just yell at their wife. And, and I've heard the Holy Spirit say to me, uh, that tone of voice, that's not how, that's not how yeah. Jesus would talk. But see, that... That aligns with the scriptures. Yes, it does. And you hear you hear that voice. You're like, that sounds like after you practice for a while, you realize that that sounds like my father's voice. That sounds like the Holy Spirit's voice. What, what, didn't Jesus say, hey, if you bring your gift to the altar yeah. and you have an offense, mm-hmm. leave your gift at the altar and yeah. go get the relationship right Absolutely. with somebody else? And yet how many times we come to church to read the Bible, to hear the scriptures, and we... We're ticked at somebody who's sitting over on the other side of the church. In fact, we might not even come to the church because we hate that person and we have unforgiveness toward that yeah. person, right? The Holy Spirit's like, you're not going to get anything out of this sermon until you go over and deal with that uh, person that you, you're offended with. Yeah. But that's why the Holy Spirit's job is to represent the written word and also represent the living word, Jesus Christ. No, that's good. And, uh, and so we want to just encourage you this week. Don't fall into that super spiritual Pharisee kind of fake religious, you know, um, uh, approach where you're going to approach Jesus uh, through the written word only, 
through biblical principle only, through a formulaic kind of approach. Uh, that's not what he's after. He's after a personal relationship with you. He'll never, ever minimize the scriptures. He always, Jesus always honors the scriptures. The Holy Spirit always uh, confirms his word. But don't ignore the fact that what God's really after is a personal relationship with you, a personal encounter with you. He wants to keep taking you from glory to glory to glory on this amazing uh, pathway uh, of Christ-likeness. He wants Christ to be formed within us. Uh, and he does that through the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit working in tandem with the Word of God. Amen. So we just want to encourage you, you know, even as you have your quiet time today or spend time with the Lord today, listen. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, uh, and I'll just go sit on the couch. And I, I just sit and listen. I, and I open up my heart and I say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Holy Spirit, I'm hungry to hear your voice better. I, I tune my ears to your voice. Um, and I just listen. Because sometimes we do all the talking, right? And how can yeah. I, if I talk nonstop, how can I have a relationship with you? Right. right. Um, so I need you. In fact, I need you on this podcast. If I'm talking all the time and I never give you a chance to talk, or you're talking all the time and you never give me a chance to talk, we're going to have a lousy podcast. So. Right. It takes two of us. It takes two in our Christian walk as well. Right. I would say even more, like, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit more than I need to speak. Because he kind of knows what's in my heart. I don't know unless I'm listening. Well, that's a good point. He does know your <laughs> he heart. Knows. He knows every thought. Yeah, sometimes, like, I don't even have, I have so much to say, I don't even need to say it because you know it, Lord. So you just speak to me yeah. and just hum humble myself, present myself, and just listen to his voice. Amen. So let's be lovers of the Word, and let's also be lovers of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I believe in the process, God will accomplish his ministry with great power, great intimacy, great fun. This should be, walking with Jesus should be full of joy and excitement and, and the most dynamic, exciting adventure we could ever uh, commence upon. So uh, pray with us in closing, will you? Let's just bless people today and we'll pray that your ears are tuned in better than ever. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for just even... Uh, bring again to focus the importance, especially in this season of our, our live season of our nations, that we need uh, the prophetic voice. We need to hear the direct, intimate, personal voice of the Holy Spirit more than ever, Father. I just yeah. pray for every single person watching this podcast that you would stir up a hunger and desire to know you more, to hear your voice more, to be intimate with you, Amen. and that the words of Scripture will become fully alive, um, ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray yeah. for blessing for everyone watching and listening um, to be able in their everyday lives uh, hone in, hunger, and, and hunt down the voice of the Holy Spirit spirit uh, to get the vantage uh, to live in, in, in freedom to live in victory um, from your power in Jesus name we pray amen amen hey please respond to us will you we love to hear from you and hear what God's doing in your life and if this has been helpful uh, give us a shout out also we'd love it if you would take the time to share this with uh, your friends and neighbors who might appreciate this and be blessed by this that's our desire after all is just to help people on the process of discipleship uh, as we become more like Jesus and as we fulfill the wonderful mission that he's given us to make disciples of all nations so until we meet again have a great week we love you and God bless you